0: Te a kote harpoi or The leader
1: doesn't advance forward without the help of those behind him.
0: E naiwi o te no mai hara mai ki te wahanga e ki nei kote te ahikā. And I'm Justine Murray, and this is Ahi Ka on Radio New Zealand National. Coming up, Namahi Fakari Māori. Performing arts from a Māori perspective is what tonight's show is all about. Otaki based group, Iwi, you may
1: remember them with hits like Moake, Hekaranga, Ingaranga Tahi
0: from the self titled debut album Iwi, released in 1999. Well, they're back with their second album, Te Kawa Justing has a chat with founding member Kimo Wuniata.
2: If we're going to do this, we need to do this now um, because um, we're not getting any younger, bro. <laughs> you
0: <laughs> know, <get>
2: queen, nah, <laughs> do we shut the book now yeah. or, or what? You know, and, and then because we always had the material, and that, well, that, that's the material. been the bummer. You know, the thing about this whole waiting for what twelve years. Well,
1: where are you guys? What have happened to you? Know that kind of.
2: Well, we've got a lot to make up for. (laughs) We've got to make sure we hit it now, oh, me eke.
0: From Te Reo Māori up-tempo music to to Wahine, making their mark in the theatre world.
3: We picture it, yeah, definitely, because when I read the script, certain things jumped out to me because of how I see things, whereas I thought um, the whole process of theatre is quite nice because... Being creative can come in different means. So, you know, you can be creative through text, and then, but we're creative through object and through visual, three D visual objects.
1: Kuaringa ko papa e harakeke nei. That's what's coming up in tonight's edition of Te Ahika.
2: Te Ahika, Radio New Zealand National.
0: Tamahuata has done a little bit of everything in performing arts, from kapahaka to drama production. He set up Kahurangi Māori Dance Theatre and more recently established the annual Waiata Māori Music Awards. Earlier this year, Justine was in Hastings and called into his office at Te Wānanga Whare Ta o Taki Timu.
4: taha o ho pūpū uh, ngai night to matterangi a uh, mingati pahauke um the mama and uh, no ngati kangunuki ki ta nga uh, ngati hawea uh, ngati hori uh, ngati hinemo no on no the white part to uh, alako karana kite uh, Tama Wairo, uh, e, e uh, Tamahuata is
1: synonymous with Mari performing arts at the recent Ngā Tāunga Toi A Te Waka toi, the Creative New Zealand Awards he received Te Tohu Toi Ke for making a difference to the arts in March this year I visited Te Whare Tāpere o Tākitimu the Tākitimu performing arts school in Hastings where we began our conversation with me first asking how performing and more importantly music became part of his life well
4: we we grew up in it I grew up in it with with my, um, m- with my dad and all his uh, church work, he he developed um, y- you know this whole process of using the art form for his karakia uh, and in his mission work, and we grew up with it. We grew up around uh, Marae. We grew up uh, immersed in uh, waiata all forms of uh, performing arts. I was born in Rotorua when my dad was a minister at the Tingai Parish in uh And um, the two sisters who looked after our whanau was uh, Guide Rangi and her uh-huh. sister, uh, Bab Ngaatai. And um, and so dad did a whole lot of mission work there. And there's himself and, and another minister called uh, Sam Rangihu who's at Ohinamutu, And between the two of them, they mm-hmm. just... Uh, just did a whole lot of, whole lot of work. From there, we then moved to Waken. And uh, at those times, uh, our mum and dad put me and my brothers into um, uh, into a school in Hamilton called Southwell. Southwell, and uh, it was a church school, uh, private prep school. And there. We came into contact with um, opera. They specialise in Gilbert and Sullivan and all boys' school. And then I guess there were about four, five Māori.
1: I was going to ask you were there any other Māori kids there? Yeah,
4: about five, five, six. And so that's where we came into contact with that art form. Quite fascinating, you know. Uh, orchestras. Uh, Theatre, lighting. Opened
1: up your eyes yeah, to a
4: yeah. new... So, you know, being probably immersed in, uh, well, they call it Kapahaka today. We didn't actually call it Kapahaka in those days, but... What would uh, you call it? Oh, oh we, we just called it Wayata, you know. I think Kapahaga actually came much later, you know. I think it came through all those comps.
1: <laughs> back then it was the old Teorua yeah. festival or something like that. Oh, no. there was
4: it was a, first one it was the Polynesian Festival.
1: Oh Polynesian Festival, that's right, we've got some old tapes at uh, Radio New Zealand. Yeah, nineteen seventy two. Yep.
4: Um, but all through through that we you know, we grew up really enjoying the art form. And then from uh Southall Hamilton. Yep. Um, we then went to St Stephen's in Auckland, T-pen. And When we got there, there was only five parking. <laughs> you know, so it's quite, quite. Talk drastic. about all these
1: culture shocks, eh? From Rutsura to Hamilton, to, yeah. yeah.
4: And uh, and of course that was you know they had the the cultural groups there and uh, you know totally immersed in, in all those those times. And you know I I really did develop a, uh, quite a like. Uh, for, for the culture and the performing arts and and um you know my brother and them they had we had a band and we had singing groups and then um uh you know we used to have these transistor radios yep. that you'd just allegate the alligator clip onto the downpipes of the uh, uh of the school yeah from the roof in the um,
1: bathroom? And, oh
4: no, outside. You know, oh, the yeah, down outside from the yes. from the gutter. Yep. Yeah, we put our alligator clips in there and and then transistor radio, listen to radio Hodaki and all those those types of radio stations coming through. And, and of course, the thing that struck me, we were doing a lot of composition and we were involved with a with with a lot of um, you, know, you know composers in those days, from uh, Pidawa Tere to Kingi Haka and. And uh, then my dad was involved with all those other groups, the Howard Morrison Quartet, and, and we see a lot of artists and so on. But then then this, um, you know, I remember at school listening on the transistor radio and this group called the Beatles came out, eh? With mm. the whoa, you know, they, and they just conquered the world with their music. And uh, that's when I really got a sort of Bit of inkling about it.
1: What's your favourite Beatles song? Or what song did you hear that made you go, wild? Oh,
4: you know, <laughs> a whole lot of them. Yeah. You know, she, you know, she loves you, yeah, 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 all that sort of thing. And, and then you followed their, their music as it went through and it's pretty dynamic, you know. Some of the stuff they did. When I left school, I went to New Zealand and worked for a while. They,
1: you left Te Pene? Uh,
4: yeah, left Te Pene and then I went to... Uh, I worked with in New Zealand because they shoulder-tap a few of us boys to go and get a Māori presence in there, in New Zealand. What so, were you
1: doing at in New Zealand? I,
4: Zealand? I, I was in um, the finance division, you know, ticketing and and all that sort of stuff. It it was OK. Well, you,
1: you would know. have been, what, 18, 17, 18?
4: 17, something like that.
0: Not too bad for...
4: Yeah, the, yeah. And, and then um, then I decided that... Uh, and I was sort of the um, the leader for uh, the Auckland Anglican Māori Club with uh, under Kingi Haka, and so we did a few things there. But there was nothing in New Zealand going in terms of training, and so I made that pilgrimage to Australia to do that, and uh, and I learnt everything I could about the art form. Uh, from you know that time, that was the height of the Māori show bands and in, of in course
1: Māori volcanics. Uh,
4: yeah, and and uh, you know they they had all the main yeah they had all the main clubs. And I remember going at King's Cross and seeing their first Māori show band. I've even forgotten their name, but when they came on, I thought, "Well, this is another world. These guys were just." pumping in another world.
1: But you were looking at your own fa- your Maori faces looking back at you in Australia.
4: Yeah. I <laughs> okay. wow. uh, And so that was a huge learning curve. We ended up putting a group together too, and so we did the circuit there uh, for years. Uh, and then in between that time, I then trained in uh, theatre, uh, staging, lighting, sound. Put myself through...
1: uh, You were doing this by yourself? You went to Aussie by yourself?
4: I went there by myself, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just... But I ended up marrying over there. Yep. Uh, But I... um, Then I went and worked for a guy called Reg Grundy. Um, Whilst I was still doing the clubs and everything, and and, uh, there was a position that opened up there, and uh, I think I started off as uh, his chauffeur, but uh, then they asked if I'd go into production uh, with the uh, Rich Grundy.
1: Grundy, that name sounds familiar. Did they do Sons and Daughters? Uh,
4: like oh, oh, there was a whole lot of things. They did a whole lot of game shows.
1: Oh, yeah, because just that big gold G at the end of credits, I remember watching back as a kid. That's, would that be the same old?
4: Yeah, he, he made a lot of money. Uh, but some of his shows, hey, they are so shocking. <laughs> but they made the money, you know? Yep. And uh he got into himself to a position where he had um he, he had he commanded about um uh seven seven nights a week with his shows. Every channel.
0: Gosh,
1: he had a bit of a monopoly. Yep. So you drove him around for a while then you became part of the production team.
4: Yeah. His um uh two I C his two I C went um he knew I was in in uh, the music game, and he was in. He he was an old music fellow too. So he said, uh, "You better come into the production team." And so we would head a number of his uh, number of Reg grundy shows. He had country and western shows. He had road shows, and and uh, I used to work and uh, go and do his shows at at the different channels: channel nine, channel seven, all those things. I was like a bit of a uh, what did they? <laughs> well, there were no Maoris around, but not in, in TV channels, and and uh, but there are a lot of Kiwis there mm. in, uh, in television. So anyway, that's why I really got got the feel for it. Got
1: the feel for the.
4: Yeah, and and, and um, I went there on purpose to do that, uh, to learn to learn the industry, and, and the club scene, and the food and beverage. and uh, It took me fourteen years. Uh, and in that time, uh, I started, one of the ones who started the Sydney Māori Festival over there. Because there. Um, you yeah.
1: felt there was a shortage of things Māori over there? Hey? Were there lots of Māori and nothing for Māori as a platform, yeah. so therefore
4: yeah, that's you right. started? That's right. Um, we had there were a lot of entertainers, uh, certainly a lot of bands, a lot of singing groups. Uh, they were everywhere. You know, You couldn't get into the nightclubs, from about uh, oh, <laughs> Wednesday to Sunday. They, they were just packed. You know, at one stage when, when we started doing the circuit there, uh, you know, we were doing about 14 shows a week.
1: Gee, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. That's, that's like two a night.
4: That's right. Yeah. Met Two shows station, night, seven, metanase. yeah, seven days, seven nights rather. So that's how prolific it was, you know, and, and that's how the the Māori uh, groups actually monopolised uh, that whole scene. They were the ones being toured to uh, Great Britain and um, the East and the States and everywhere. S- Sydney was a springboard.
1: So was it the height of the vol- – as we mentioned a little bit, the volcanics?
4: Yep. Uh, well, the, the, that's when Tui Teka and them Tui-tika. were all in the volcanics. Yeah. And the two top groups at that time was uh, Volcanics and the Quintikis. Uh, they had the uh, Te They had a whole lot of groups there. We, mm-hmm. And then we even had our group. But those were the two, two standout mm-hmm. show band groups, you know, because they they've really done that international mileage, some of the stuff they were coming out with, you know. Uh, the Volcanics with uh, Tui Teka and all them, you know, yeah. they had, They they were just in the class of their own. By um, 1981, 82, that's when I came home to put the plan into place, basically. How we could actually set up something like this.
1: Okay, so when did the idea of Kahurangi Maori Dance Theatre come about?
4: Well, first of all, it was a school. Yep, we needed to have a training school. And when I came home, people were were trying to get various things off with hacker and music and so on. But we'd had a plan, you know, I came home with a plan, and we'd developed it over there through through our uh, our little collective in Australia. We developed what we needed to do, school, all the various components training components, what was required to get our people into the industry. And so um, I went, you know, the labour departments and all that were controlling all these schemes and I put up one, you know, they they weren't really for that at all. You was know? it
1: the era of trade training schemes?
4: Trade training, carpentry. PEP, all those types of programs on the marae and yes. everything. And, and no or, one
1: wanted to look at uh, the
4: away at the, no the arts yeah no 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 way, you know because they didn't see
1: value in it or they didn't
4: nobody had done it, nobody had done it, so here I am, new kid on the block, <laughs> introduce all this sort of stuff in anyway, after a long time of going backwards and forwards to the labor Party... Uh, they gave me a start with the lowest paid scheme that was going and in the shortest amount of time and all, all that sort of thing and I started uh, with uh, 10, ten really young people um,
1: and we, well, what about the school though you needed a facility
4: oh yeah we had a little room a little room, room
1: on the town. site where we are no, now no, no, oh, no, no, right, in, town? in town in Hastings yeah, yep.
4: yeah it was and and uh, ended up we got too big for that that place because you know one office in and, and it was where I was kind of invasive as a council community office and so in the end I think they really gave me the words you know <laughs> you can't carry on like this um, but we we're pretty successful that and us and, and then we got a, a church hall that we then began to rent and oh the first program they gave me I decided we, we got all the, the 10 students. We held them for whatever it was, six, seven months. And then the rule was we had to find some employment for them. Mm. And that's when I formed Kahurangi. I said, OK, here's a school. I need to separate it. And I formed this group called Kahurangi. And uh, we then went out and started to do shows.
1: That was in what year was that? Uh, 83. 83.
4: Yeah, 83. And then um, off we went, you know, wing in a prayer.
1: uh, You composed the material?
4: Composed all the material, trained all the performers, trained even their supervisors, had to train everybody, you know, and I had to train them into the disciplines, you know. Everybody could do a haka, but I needed them to do it consistently a thousand times. My dad became a, quite a heavy influence in it. You know, he looked at some of this lot that we bought in and he you know, he just said, oh, God, you, you must have every druggy and alcoholic in town here, you know.
1: And just mention your dad's name again, My
4: dad, canon Te Tau Huata. And he, he said, I don't know what you're going to get out of this lot. You know, defining moment, defining. Because I said to him, oh, I believe in this kaupapa. If I can get the discipline in, you know, we're world beaters. And so when he heard that, he said, OK, let's go. And then he stuck with the kāupapa for that. And also at that time, when I got home, the whole landscape had changed. You know, Māori dim, you know, Hastings used to be sharp dresses. You know, always on top of their game. This was Hastings. I got back here and then there was bandanas, blacks, gumboots. You know, I'm looking around. Hell, what's happened? But you know, there's a fourteen year span. Fourteen year span. You know, Rastafarian was in here and um drugs was everywhere. All those sorts of things. We didn't we got nothing on a plate. And you mean
1: putia? You mean money?
4: Anything. Oh. putia, getting uh, getting bookings or anything like that and nothing was given on a plate you know we had to really work our way through all that um, but that was you know when I looked back I said oh that's part of the part of the journey you know so but we just, you know I decided with my dad I said look our people are not turned on by the traditional wayata they were actually oh a bit boring you know,
1: you mean like a slow chant of a, of a way. or any
4: more tete that was going, you know. Uh, so we had to develop the elements to bring that in. So I started with the music of the day. I brought in musicians, and you know, to basically get our people moving, moving to the beat, and then moving the waiata and all that in through that element, using that. Then we started to develop our stories through that thing, those that music and all that. Um and and we really got got pretty good at it. Got pretty good at that that sort of technique. The outcome of all that is that twenty-nine years later, one we're still going and two, we still use the same elements. On Kahurangi's side, you know, it's a it's a separate entity and we cut that away as a separate entity mm-hmm. which does the industry work for us. Yes. So today, Kahudangi probably has the largest theatre and education programme in New Zealand, bar none. Bar none. A lot of people do their finishing here who, who go to any of the other performing arts schools. Uh, they normally end up here and saying, Phew. you know, because we give that sort of depth. And it's our connection with the industry which makes a difference. So we have a group uh, on the road here, and then we have another group who are working in Toronto at the moment.
1: Oh, so there's a kahurangi in, to- in Canada yep. and a kahurangi who's home base. Yep. Wow, we so Wow. Sc- two groups. So you oversee everything, Tama? Yeah. Yep.
4: Um, but... I'm in a succession planning. Right. You know.
1: Good on you. Uh,
4: you know, Ka-pai. My, my job is to get rid of myself. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I've got people in place, and so they I've got one daughter who runs the international. I'm succession uh, You know, she's succeeding to the to the whole thing.
0: Kia ora tamahuata, and next weekend is the 2012 Wai'ata Māori Music Awards in Hastings. Justine will be there. For a longer version of that interview or to listen to previous shows, you can head to radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. Or well, why not send us an email, teahikar at radionz.co.nz.
1: There's Facebook too, of course. Search teahika. That's T E A
0: H I K A A. First up, how about a disclaimer? Every now and then, real life collides with work life. Aira, meaning that there
1: are events, kopapa, people will cover that are also involved in our personal lives. Like two designers I met involved in a project I was part of, a theatre play called *The Prospect*. And like anyone will tell you in the arts, it was the cool about a review of the show that got Mariah talking with Jamie Varda and way Mihinui. Oh, the best um, use of the space. Best best use of of the yeah, the remember MSC? the child I traverse?
0: I mean, I didn't even know what that was. It was <laughs> the whole yeah. having it in the middle and having the oh, sets set at the side? You. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Well,
3: I was stoked. I think it is. The it's way better than what it was before.
0: So where, where are the seats normally?
3: All, all on that all side. side. And this is the stage where they block that whole bit off. The pillar becomes the wall. It becomes a part of the wall. So oh, by right. adding the pole there and moving that back, it um, opened up the space heaps more. But well, we did deal with the space the best. Because well, by opening up the, the curtains back there, we are actually able to lengthen the room more and give more entry and exit points. Like I liked it when they would run off on one side and then they'd come in from another. Like I thought that worked really well.
0: Now tell me, is the um, how big is this actual space? Uh,
3: the space is about nine metres long, uh, and the stage is maybe about, I think it was four, five? Seven metres wide. Was it? Seven metres wide. Um, but it was really incredibly intimate, which is what we wanted kind of to help. So are you talking about the actual size of
0: this theatre now? No, we're
3: actually talking so how, about the how performance. So how big is the actual theatre? Oh, I think it's... 13 metres metres wide by about 14 metres, I think, it's almost a square, I think. Yeah, it is a square. Yeah, and um, I think what worked really well was actually lengthening the room, like we wanted to elongate the length of the room, which I think. We had this
5: idea of a road, and so by using the traverse setting, by putting a setting block on either side, we were able to lengthen the space and create that perspective of a long road
0: and there are actual elements in the room that you've had to, that you've actually ended up incorporating into the design.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um the two pillars in the middle of the room were the biggest challenge because they're just so I mean, they they're load-bearing, so they're quite in your face. Um but by putting the po sitting on the front of the column was able to kind of the, the column was no longer the elephant in the room. You know, you didn't see it anymore. And it, I think When we saw the first run-through in the space, what I really liked was when the actors actually interacted with the column um, and brought it to life.
0: So if you could just describe what the actual set design is, like what is set design, and then we'll go back, and then if you can tell me about the process that you went through to get to this finished product that we're sitting in at the moment. I guess set design
5: is designing something for the actors to interact with and that will aid the show.
3: Yeah, and I feel like. Aid the script. And I feel like designing a set design is to take a story that's intake text and bring it to life, put put visuals to it, um, make it become more tactile, and I guess um, help the audience imagine where the story would be, because a lot of it is. In theatre, you're you are you're not going to build the realistic kayak. You're going to kind of evoke it through different objects. and yeah, Because the writer has definite
0: ideas about how they visualise their story, eh? Yeah. So is it about being respectful to that? But, I mean, when you're reading the script...
3: We picture it, yeah, definitely. Because when I read the script, different, certain things jumped out to me because of how I see things, whereas I thought... Um, the whole process of theatre is quite nice because being creative can come in different means so you know you can be creative through text and then, but we're creative through object and through visual 3D visual objects which is
5: nice and then different writers also have different ideas some leave it more up to the designers and some are very specific in what they want and this time the writer gave us some
3: ideas but we were able to come up with our own thing. Well, I think what was really enjoyable about this whole process is that the the writer, the text itself had a lot of rich ideas that we were able to draw upon, so I guess um, our process for this project was just to, we, when, when I read the script, I um, certain things jumped out to me, uh, and when Jamie and I spoke, because we read it separately, and then when we spoke about it, we came up with common things that kept coming through, ideas, um, which then kind of, I guess, um, prompted visuals in my head. Um, And one of those really, really key ideas for this project was actually this idea of this divide in the community. And I guess that's what really kind of took off for us. And that's the idea that we went with, which then influenced how we wanted to sit the audience and that we wanted to elongate this road. Um, And then kind of everything kind of just went from there. Which goes back to the beginning of the process. You received a script. Yep. Yep.
5: Yeah, so we read the script, as Y said, and then we shared our ideas, and we took key ideas and key themes, and it was so rich, there was so much to work from, that we were able to start designing from there. We looked at the different scenes in the script and broke that all down and came up with some sort of yeah, pragmatics. There need to be, like? There needed to be a seat, a table, a kai a bench, for example, and then we thought about ideas we wanted to evoke. For example, a kai cart or a caravan, a food caravan It's quite plasticky and steely and how do we evoke that if we're, we'd already chosen to use the tim, like, timber as a material? Whereas for the mirai we wanted to evoke the shape of the mirai of the sort of triangulation on top and also the colours, the reed of the mirai. So by yeah, breaking down the scenes picking out the pragmatics and things we wanted to evoke we were, we were able to create a set of rules from which we designed.
3: I think for me what was the most successful thing coming into opening night and seeing was we created this traverse and what we the why we wanted to kind of face the audience off was because we wanted to kind of Create sort of a space where the audience would feel some sort of emotion, and our idea behind that was to have them walk onto the set and to sort of pick their side as you would to kind of set them up for the story to come um, and then uh, what I thought was really nice is I came with five of my girlfriends and um, on opening night and one of them, um, actually, she actually shed a tear towards the end, but what was the nicest thing that I saw her do is that she was she was so conscious of the audience on the other side that it made her even more awkward, which is what I personally really wanted to achieve by having a Traverse, was to kind of, not force people, but just kind of to encourage emotions, whether they be sadness or happiness or awkwardness, we wanted them to feel like they were very much in the story, um, which I think worked well. So... There are
0: practical elements, if we could just get up and just walk around a bit. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, there are these, for want of a better word, there are these (laughs) boxes that are shifted around by the actors during the action, and they become different things.
3: Yep, and that's exactly what we wanted them to be. Um, We wanted them to be like building blocks that... As the actors were to kind of, I guess, interact with them, the audience would slowly imagine what they would be. So, we wanted them to be quite simple, um, but also to evoke different textures, um, and then also to light beautifully.
5: Yeah, and then we worked with certain sizes. So, for example, when two are stacked on top of each other, they become counter height, which worked well in the store scene. Or when it was just a single one, it worked well as a chair height. So, we thought about those kinds of things and how they stack.
0: Now, being practical elements, does that require you as set designers to be builders?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think for us, um, I like the, de- the, the the conceptual element is a lot of fun and then figuring out what these things are. But for us, we designed right to the end. So when things weren't working, we would change them on the spot. Um, and even through the building process, we were making decisions um, right to the very end, even when it came down to the very last day that we were here, we were changing things. And so being, having those skills to build allows you to design right to the end, which yeah. I think is, is key, especially in theatre. And
5: So being the builder gives you freedom as a designer. So if you realise you've done something or you've made a decision that isn't quite right, it's so easy to change.
0: And just back to an earlier kōrero we just had about the the marae and how it evokes the colour of red. (laughs) Jamie you're Pākehā New Zealander and why you're Māori? Yeah Māori and Scottish. Now so in talking together about the elements of the marae did you find you had to educate each other? Why were you
3: relying on knowledge that you already have? Well, I guess for me, is I grew up in my Murai, so I was definitely re- referencing my own personal Murai, which has um, the middle <laughs> poke goes right to the ground, um, and then we started looking through books and things like that just to reference other ones, and Jamie was showing me pictures of ones that didn't have one through the middle, so it was quite nice that we were referencing a personal memory of mine, um, and even when we were talking about the Murai scene, um, I was talking about... I was definitely talking about experiences that I've personally had about going to a tangi and what happens and how you feel and what I've done. Um, but that's coming from someone who's on the marae, who's kind of the worker and things like that. And I was definitely talking to Jamie about all my experiences and then she would kind of respond, I guess, and sort of almost, she'd almost help me put my ideas and my words into visual. Yeah. Which was quite nice. So
0: it sounds like there's ongoing research happening the whole time through this process.
5: Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there is. And when you ask about educating, I've definitely learnt a lot from Y and her time on the Mirai, and even when we were looking through her old photo albums, to see what elements were there and even clothing that was worn.
3: yeah. I was just learning a lot as she was talking. Because it didn't even come down to the set when it even came down to the characters, because obviously I was able to kind of recognise certain cousins instead of aunties and uncles um, in in the characters in my own personal life. And I was trying to explain to Jamie that a nanny character is actually very different to an auntie or or a mum or anything like that, she's this certain character. So it was it was nice and I was taking her through my photo album saying, Look, this is what my nannies wore and you know, they they do they're just different. Like, I do, I can't describe them, but they're just a different kind of person in someone's life. Um, which was nice, I think.
0: Now it sounds like communication is really important in this process as well. Not only between yourselves, but also between the team. The director, the producers, the writer. Yeah definitely. We were really lucky. It was a really great team to work
5: with. The director was really easy to communicate with, so were all the producers, the writer, everyone yeah. was extremely good to communicate with. Everyone was always positive. We suggested an idea, and people would say, yep, yep, we'll see how we can make it happen. We'll yeah, see who we as can as opposed pull to on. saying, oh,
3: we don't have the money. It was always, okay, how can we make this work? And Because um, we definitely had big ideas at the start. We dreamt quite big and, you know, we, we, had, we, had no, we, had, we had no budget in mind. We were like, we didn't really care about the sound. We just wanted to, you know, we were focusing on kind of the aesthetics of the whole play. But what was nice is that by starting with these big ideas, we were able to strip them back. But all of those ideas are still there. So it just kind of adds more and more layers of richness towards the process and just, yeah. Now, how did you two get together?
0: How did you meet? How did, why did you decide to go into business effectively yeah. together? Oh no,
3: yeah, definitely.
5: We met while studying. Um, we had to share a locker.
3: Oh uh, yeah, we were, yeah, and basically we at Tech, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> we were studying interior design and we started doing collaborative projects together yeah. and realised that we worked well as a team.
3: Because what's quite... Nice about how we work together is that Jamie and I are kind of opposite in every way possible <laughs> um, you know jamie jamie 's very um, time management and very organized i 'm a little bit flaky and kind of go with the flow, um, you know which is nice, but it just means that when we 've got a deadline, Jamie pulls me into the line when we don 't have deadlines far away i you know I make her kind of go with the flow and kind of see where everything 's going and I think at at uni we were we were not. F- we weren't forced. We were definitely put in a position where we had to work together and once we'd figured out each other's, I guess, pros and cons and got to know each other as friends, um, we learnt to work with each other really well and, I guess, use each other's strengths. In our, yeah To help our weaknesses. Yeah, definitely.
0: And how long have you been working together for?
3: Outside
5: of studying, it'll be about six months.
3: Yeah, it's not long, but we've definitely been in... Collaborative Yeah, we've been collaborating together through uni for the last maybe two or three years. Um, and that was definitely an environment where there were a lot of other people involved. I guess the more people you've got, the harder it is. Um, so now that we've only got us two, it works really well. And, you know, we spend a lot of time together, but we also know when to, you know, we've got a friendship there where if we are getting annoyed at each other, we're able to tell each other and no, no feelings get hurt. We just have time apart, come back and get started again.
0: Now, Wellington is a pretty small theatre scene, eh? So you end up encountering the same people over and over again. You guys have been in the business, so to speak, for six months.
3: Is that starting to happen? Oh, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I, I'd met Honia Media um, through Tony, who is our mentor, who was one of our tutors. That's Tony. Tony DeGoldie um, from Welltech. So, um, you know, and he, he gave, definitely got my foot in the door, and then we've met the same people again. definitely a small world (laughs) and what's next what is next we have a lot of graphic work on on the go at the moment um we do some freelance graphic work uh and then we've got pretty big dreams um we're wanting to hopefully own out yeah there's nothing wrong with big dreams (laughs) Um, and our big dream is to have our own probably design house where we could do everything um, and so we're just starting off with Baby Steps at the moment and kind of doing some freelance work. Hopefully we'll be employed by our own company in, well, I don't know.
5: Maybe a year. Yeah, that
3: might be a bit <laughs> Hopefully ambitious. we'll have a
5: full-time income out of it.
3: Yeah. Um, and then what else have we got coming up? We would like to get on to, we're really interested in furniture making. So we're Which wanting.
0: shows through in our set design. It's very furniture-based. It is. I mean, those those seats that become, you know, the Kai cart. And the shop, they are fantastic bookshelves. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we thought. You could just turn them around and there's
3: a bookshelf exactly. right there. So we're in the process of hopefully setting up a little studio in my, in my new house. <laughs> um, we've already talked about building shelving units and things like that. Um, and we've, got, we've definitely got a big dream of wanting to design our own furniture and have a collection out there and bring some furniture out and then get into anything else really. Um, hello, my name's Wai Mihinoi. Um my full name's Wai Taro uh, I'm originally from the Waikato, I grew up on Pohara Marai, uh, and when I was about 10 years old, yeah, when I was about 10 years old, I um, came to Wellington, uh, moved down with my mum and my sister, kind of into the city, uh, and then I went back to the Marai for a couple of years when I was about maybe 13 to 14, and then I came back down here to Wellington and uh, went to high school here. Um, I did my first year of uni up in Auckland after school, I kind of went up there and sort of wanted to go to the big city and see what it was like, had a good time um, and did my first year of interior architecture up there at UniTech um, and then my partner and I wanted to come back down here because we're both from Wellington um, so I, I wanted to come back down here and then I came and studied at WellTech for three years um, and then I guess after uni's been finished um, my friend and I from uni, Jamie, have um, started freelancing together um, kind of as, I guess, a design team. The last work that we've just done is um, working on a theatre show called The Prospect, by, written by Mariah Rakudaku, uh, which is at the Griffin Theatre. Um, so it um, yeah been really enjoyable. Hi, my name is Jamie Varda.
5: Um, I'm from here in Wellington. Both my parents are of German background, so I've grown up in a very European ha- household. I lived in Germany for a year as well. Um I studied interior design at Welltech where I met my design partner Wai um, we work together as freelance designers. We do graphic design but also set design. Um and we work we've just worked on a project called The Prospect, which we've really enjoyed. Since leaving Welltech, Wai and I have started our own design company. We're called Twelve O One Design House, and through this company we hope to Have fun designing pretty things, and just get into a lot of creative
3: projects. Do anything creative, really? We just want to get our hands dirty, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kia ora, Jamie Varda and Wai Mihinui. And for an image of the two designers, head to our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash ahi Ka. I'm Justin Murray. I'm Mariah Rakaraku, and this is
0: Teahi Ka.
2: Like you. Like you.
0: The 90s was a productive time for Māori music. Māori were hitting it in all genres. Hip-hop music, think through the hard way, pop music, Moana and the Moa Hunters, Marie Sheenan, and near the latter part of the 1990s, there was iwi.
1: Heavily rotated on iwi radio, their socially conscious Te Reo Māori
0: lyrics struck a chord with many. That was in 1999. Now fast forward 10 plus years,
2: Kia ora Kimo. mo. Tēnā koe, <laughs> Kia
1: ora, uh, kia ora Kimo. Um, now, it's such a beautiful day today. Is it usually like this in Ōtaki?
2: Well, yeah, yeah, well, if you drove past the main road, there used to be a big sign that used to say, Sunny Ōtaki.
1: Sun used to be there. Sunny dead.
2: Ōtaki, yeah, man, there used oh. to be a big sun every time when I was a young fella coming up here. And yeah, yeah. Always seemed to be that way. A kātira keirunga Nei anō te te anō <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kia ora so I'm talking to you Kimo, we're doing a bit of a, um, a catch up. You had the, was it the official launch of your second album, the second Ewe album during Tuiki Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah well, we, in we, Wellington? Yes, uh, well we looked at it more as, um, uh, 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 I suppose a Wellington one. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 but we did um, do uh, uh, more of an official one here at Otaki, at, at Te Orokawa where we invited a lot of our old people, I invited the bro, he came in and and a few others, and they did you know put put down some traditional karakia down, and you know mainly karaoke and a bit of a mihi-mihi session, bit of a we we sang a couple of old acoustic songs from Toi from back in the day, and and then it was Kai, so it was beautiful, so that was nice and intimate, so that was really the official launch to us yeah, but yeah, the next true. one was Wellington yeah. 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 Then at and that was a bit of fun but yeah, yeah where we've been um, I, I suppose we've been in not limbo but yep. ha- been sort of ha- having that moi and looking at just preparing for the time living life yeah whānau raising yeah, this,
1: whānau that's you right
2: do. But the, the bummer thing is, is that we've always had the material because a lot of the songs oh. that are on this album stem back from, I hate to say it, but 95 and 96. You're and, kidding! Yeah, 98. And so we've just had to make them sound more fresher. Okay. But, yeah, they traditionally come from that time period, a lot of these songs off this album.
1: Far So I just can't wait to do the next one. Iwi. Now, the, the release date was about 1999. Yes. So that was 12 years ago. Who was Ewe twelve years ago versus um, obviously a few changes? I, yeah. I know a few ch- Carnohe changes. Oh yeah, for Versus Ewe sure. um, today.
2: Well, uh, I suppose the uh, you know I got to acknowledge the ones you know the uh, the ones that started off as the OGs of of, mm-hmm. of the band, and and so I have got to take off my hat to one of the sisters that's here at the moment is Gaynor and Tasha Hammond, uh, and, and Hicka Penny was the other front man. So, and these are just in terms of, of, of the fronties. And, and, of course, you know, um, like us, they've had to live life. Some have got mokopuna now, you know. and and, and so um, the the main oh, – I hate saying this, but it sounds so bad. But the main composers and, and, and everything and drivers, I suppose, of, of the band are still about and we thought, well, if we're going to do this, we need to do this now, um, because um, we're not getting any younger, bro. queen, <laughs> nah. <laughs> do we shut the book now, yeah. or, or what? You know, and, and then because we always had the material, and that, that, that's the material. been the bummer. You know, the thing about this whole waiting for what, twelve years. Well,
1: where are you guys? Whatever happened to you? Know that kind of.
2: Well, we've got a lot to make up for. <laughs> we've got to make sure we hit it now, oh, me eke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: So we've got um, a long way to go.
1: So the album Iwi, I mean, for me, that was a very socially conscious, politically conscious album. Yeah. Um, and I listened to um, Te Kawatua Ro, which is the second Iwi album. And it's, um, the, well, there's a few things in there about giving up smoking. I think that's called, is it Katu Ka Kaura?
2: Yeah, well, but that's, that's one, track, of them. It was, one of the one of the tracks
1: there um, to to live in a maybe a healthy. Well,
2: stand strong, and stand be strong, tried and live life hard in a sense, you know, of yeah. keeping within the of a framework. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: So, I mean, in terms of the messages, Kimor, um, what what are the differences or what are the, the changes? Well,
2: well, I suppose there's those underlining themes yeah, within those right. wayata um, that they are, yes, I, I suppose you could say a bit more laid back now, but. We had some pretty good news this morning. Yeah, yeah. What was that news? Oh well, I mean, like um, we haven't put much um promo into yeah. <laughs> yeah promos. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Hooky uh, at to oga about eight o'clock last night, and bam, um, and then Kahuna Mai took wahine and she says to me, "Hey." Um, eFunds registered in the charts like, oh did we go into the charts <laughs> yes, yeah,
5: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yes and, and and I said oh well you know, what's the bad news eh? 79, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, something like that
1: so oh, this 54. is the top <laughs> this is the top
0: 100
2: top, well, know, top 40 top 40 top 40 chants. albums yeah, yeah of the New Zealand album charts so, so it's all yeah. albums derived from Aotearoa yeah and um, yeah, and, and we debuted at number nine, so we're pretty happy. with Yeah, that is good. Yeah, yes. top oh, yeah. Top yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been stoked for a top twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't really. It's oh, true right. because we're nineteen.
1: Um, let's talk about cool. Keelan Ransfield, obviously vocal, one of the main vocalists well,
2: throughout. Oh yeah, oh no, definitely. He, 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 I'm proud oh, to yeah. say that he's our lead vocalist. You know, he's our lead man. Basically, um, as you've just indicated, he is the key. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the fun mm-hmm. key. <laughs> and, and, I recognise
1: um, him from you know just your first album, and
2: he's got lovely tones there. That, yeah, that, that yeah definitely. And, and um, actually, you know that... that yeah, I won't go too much Whakapapa into that, so, but he's very um, much an integral part of the band. Um, he'd love to be here because he's, he's got a, 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 a lot to say in terms of the contribution oh, of that um, the iwis make. Because, you know, what we're all about is... Um, well, why we initially formed was we wanted to make a contribution towards the survival of Te Reo Māori and we wanted to promote positive messages to our people. And that sort of kept it open to do the bilingual thing because we have a, a realisation that, um, and that ultimate goal is pressing the kaupapa and, and trying to do it in the most popular way. And and we realise that 80% of our people still haven't got a grasp of our realm. So a lot of the messages that are going in the wire, they're going... But they're getting what down with the grooves. Heads. They're loving the grooves. Yeah, they're, they're loving like, the grooves. And they might be able to do the odd hook line.
1: Are there any songs, Kimball, that stick out for you? I mean, I hate to keep on going but back yeah, to the first cool? album. Oh, yeah,
2: cool. That's but, you word. know, there's
1: like... And then there's... I care, I care. So is there any songs in Te Kawatua Roa that um, are your favourites? Well, I shouldn't really say favourites, but... I
2: would... Um, well, to cover two, oh, yeah. Well, I, I, they're personal ones, though, yeah. only because um my, my background's in hip hop, and so I have a tendency to go for more of the hip hop aligned ones, and I, I love track ten, I, I love fewer, fewer only, only because mm. um the cuts are good, you know, they're not yeah. sloppy cuts. And you've got
1: DJ, is it DJ go-
2: Goody? Well, he calls himself Gouda, oh, and, and now oh, Gouda. Goes, yeah, what, what what's, how to Gouda, boy? <laughs> and he goes, oh, that's what they uh, use over Miami. Uncle is for money for. Gouda you
4: know, It's the
2: cheetah It's the gouda wow. Oh Oh <laughs> 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 Oh It's pai, DJ gouda <laughs> <laughs> He's a nephew Nephew of my village yeah. And just the The cutting up of Maori words You know uh, uh, Just uh, Why not hey, Because you know?
1: 12 years ago You were rapping I mean In 12 years down the track With this second album Man you still got it Kimo Oh I'll tell you that Man I was like whoo,
5: serious, There he is There he is <laughs>
2: Basically, no matter how dope of stuff you've bought, you know, have made in the past, you do a bad one. That's the one people remember and, and that's the one they judge you on when you try and get new contracts. You know, they go, oh, didn't you do that? Oh, mm. So it's important to... Um, to try and do a better job, and I don't know whether we've done it, but as long as that was the goal, we knew that Te will have a go and, and maybe, you know, make a similar contribution.
0: Kia ora, ki Now to get a hold of Te kawatuarua, the album, you can do a search on iTunes, or we've posted up some links on our webpage, ranunz.co.nz forward slash and later, a tamahuata with this week's Fakatoki.
4: Ia ko te amorangi kimua, ko te hapai o kimuri, te tama mahi pono o te Māori mana motuhaki. He mango pare amuhi o te waka takitumu, he whakakuiti tanga, hei kitinga. God be the spearhead, our achievement will follow as true Māori tanga in action. The embracing arms of the waka Takitin helps to bring us all to a zenith.
0: Next week, i met at Orongo Maemarai, Upper Hutt. And finally, the street signs in Tūrangi are being corrected. That brings to an end one of the redresses named as part of the Waitangi Tribunal settlement from 1998. He mihi tēne kina kai wiki.
1: Aira, me hiri a hauki ngā wiki wiki mihini, neira te mihi mai
0: Oki mai tērā wiki, matifano te whānau a te ahikā, kia katoa, mauri ora!